Welcome back to Man the Helm Podcast. If you guys are new to this podcast, this is a music-based podcast, but it's more about taking control of your life and driving it in the direction you want it to go. Uh, so today we have an awesome guest, but before we get to that, let's go ahead and knock out some housekeeping real quick. If you guys want to check me out on any social media platform, you can check me out on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I'm actually pushing a lot harder on YouTube uh, this year. So um, if you want to check out the video version of this podcast, it'll be available um on my YouTube channel at Man the Helm. But pretty much if you want to find me on social media, just search Man the Helm and I'm probably going to be there. Um, also, um, if you guys want to check out down in the show notes, my link tree will be down there. I've got everything from um, contacting me personally via email. You can reach out at manthehelmpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we can talk about live music, lessons you've learned, maybe being a guest on the show, um, as well as my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help support this show. But if Patreon's not your thing, totally get it, totally understand. The easiest and free way to help this show is to share this podcast with a friend. Uh, give it a rating or review wherever you're listening to this at. But really what you're doing right now, just spending your time here with me, it means the absolute world to me. So enough of all this. Let's get to today's episode with Jim Anthony. <laughs> Welcome back to Man the Helm Podcast. I'm your host, Jake. Today, I'm sitting down with Jim Anthony. What's up, dude? Hey, man, not much. Thanks for having me. Dude, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, I came across you on TikTok, man, and I've been following your lives and all your other stuff. But to be honest with you, I don't really know a whole lot about you besides just what I've seen on TikTok because I just found out about you. So um, maybe we can start with... Uh, kind of who you are, your backstory, how you kind of got into this wild world you're in right now, and then we can kind of just go from there. It is wild. Uh, it is wild. And I'm and I'm glad you tripped across me on TikTok because I'm a TikTok newbie. Oh, um, yeah. I've actually only been on for a, for a few weeks. Nice. Um, you know, I, I think like eight weeks now. I jumped on, then I got the, uh, I got the COVID, oh, um, yeah. unfortunately, and uh, was down for a couple, you know, two weeks with that and uh, jumped back in. But um my story's a lot different than other people's, I, I think, because um, I started out many, many, many years ago, and I always, I always just, I always wanted to be a songwriter. Nice. Um, yeah. And so I wanted to create, and I believe wholeheartedly there are two types of musicians in this world, and some hover. It's like an equilibrium. Like on one side, you have the the copy, the ability to copy, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I don't mean that disparagingly and i'll share why in just a moment and on the other end of the equilibrium you have those that create and somewhere we're all on a fader um i for whatever reason the way that my brain was wired i like literally can't play cover songs if i played you a dylan song it'll sound like poison if i played you a poison gotcha. song it'll sound like taylor swift and and i just thought man this is crazy but i always wanted to write mm -hmm. and so um Basically, when I was, you know, right out of high school, um, I moved up to the Minneapolis area because the music scene was and still is pretty decent uh, nice. in the yeah. Minneapolis area. You know, it's not Nashville and it's not L.A. or whatever, but it's got a good scene. So anyways, I jumped up and I thought I'm going to be a songwriter. Nobody wants to hear anybody's songs when you're 20 years old, you know. Right. And so I started uh, doing studio work, uh, drummers. I was a drummer, first instrument, and I started doing that. And 
one thing turned into another and through years i just kept writing and getting out and looking for opportunities to play so i've been at the all original songwriting thing now for a little over 20 years nice and uh so that part has been uh, incredibly frustrating and fulfilling all at the same time equal yep. parts yep right because uh as you know you know people when you want a gig um people say well you know don't play your stuff you know play some whatever um, but I just kept at it and I kept doing it. So over time, I recorded seven or eight albums, a couple nice. of them in Texas and a couple, a couple in Minneapolis, few, three in Texas and three or four in Nashville. Um, and through that process, I just went, I would rather myself play for an audience of 200 with songs that I can relate to so I can translate right to the audience, what I was feeling, um, things like that. And I just kept grinding it out. And uh, I guess to, to, to bring that kind of full, you know, circle. Um, eventually what happened um, was I thought I was burnt out with the music and okay. I wasn't, I was burnt out with the music business. Yep. So seven years ago, 2015, I played my last live gig and I touched my guitar for the last time. They went back in the cases. They went in my, uh, my closet um, in this room, the uh, you know, awards, the accolade, like everything got put away. Um, and I just kind of walked away from it. And um, when the pandemic hit, there wasn't a lot for me to do. And there wasn't a lot, you know, going on. The only thing I did throughout was I was writing with and for other artists. Okay. I did enjoy that. Um, so I guess I kept one guitar out and my MacBook Pro. But anyways, uh, I walked away from everything else. But when the pandemic hit and I was home all the time and I had to write, you know, over the phone or, you know, Zoom or whatever the case was. I, I found myself with more time and I found myself writing one song than another than another. And I found myself falling back in love with the artistry, right? not just the writing, not just behind the scenes. I think I needed that time to decompress from the industry and the stuff that can come with it. And that's what actually about your podcast is you're bringing tools and people and resources because I think that had I heard some of your podcasts, I might not have put my stuff away for seven years. Honestly, right. um, I felt like I was uh, trying to push this boulder uphill alone. And uh, and maybe I was. And I, I wanted to get back to the creative and the artistry side again and have fun. And it, I have never had more fun. So here I am. I'm 48 years old. I'm starting all over again. I mean, completely from scratch. A couple of years ago, I took my Facebook page down, you know, a couple of years ago, 2015 with you know 55,000 followers and, uh, you know, other social media and stuff. And now I'm I'm ironically having a blast grassrootsing it at 48 years old after seven years off. Absolutely, yeah, man. You just needed a little bit of that reset, you know. It it just it, and the thing with that, it's like I I did the whole cover stuff. You know what I mean? I I've been you know playing in cover bands for quite a while, and you get stuck in this like perpetual loop. And then next thing you know, it's like you're just it it feels more of just like a routine. And when you start writing for yourself, those shows that you do with that music that you're so passionate about, it comes through and goes back to the audience and then you get it back. Yeah. And it's just this give and take when you're at those, you know, yeah. original shows like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's so yes. fulfilling. And my thing is the community that you see in music. Now, people get this confused with people on social media. That's not the community in music. The, the trolls on social media are not the people you need to be paying attention to. No. It's the people that 
you have personal and professional connections with that are really pushing you in a, the best way possible just to be better. And they're trying to help you. And if and that's my biggest thing, I just try to help people out the best I can. I don't really know what I'm doing half the time. Like I think most of us don't, but you know, we have somewhat of a plan to go forward. But my biggest thing is showing people that like your perfect example, it's never too late to start or start again. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it There's yeah. no reason, especially in the day we live in, you don't even have to leave your house anymore if you want to mm -hmm. be somebody, whatever that means, yeah. you know? Right. It's, it's a great time to live. And TikTok is really awesome too. And I've really enjoyed the lives that you've done because I can feel that passion of the songs that you've written through the live. And that's kind of a weird thing to see. You know what I mean? Usually it's just like, mm -hmm. oh, hey, this is the original song. It's some you know, three chords in a story, which is good, but you can see your passion through your music. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I appreciate that a ton. And that's exactly what I aspire to when I write a song. Yeah. Because I think one of the reasons I got out was the the previous three albums that I did in Nashville. I just, the one I just released, I did in Nashville, but I worked with the producer who I hired right yeah. before the producers were hired to produce me and they were like we need to change this phrase and i go that that phrase is real to me like i that was the hook of the song and they're like yeah i know but a 13 year old teenage girl driving down the road to pontiac grand am in a tube top with the baseball cap on backwards isn't going to resonate with it and i'm like what right. what about the rest of the world right. and so because when i play a song you know for example there's a song you know, that I, that I play frequently and I have for years and it's by far always been my most requested song live. Ironically, it's a slower song, but it hits deep and it hits deep with me every once in a while, even on a TikTok live, when I'm looking at a screen, just, just like this right here, and I'm not seeing anybody, but I'm just seeing chats and likes or whatever, you know, and roses coming in. I'm so in tune with that song though. It will mildly choke me up. And right. I've sang that song hundreds and hundreds of times and i think that that's the difference between so that's why i say that the difference between copying and creating um because here's the other theory that i have um if someone says hey can you play keith whitley i can and i will for you keith whitley did it better than i will ever do it right. i'm just an imitator and, and again, that's no discredit to people playing cover songs. I have so much respect because if I'm not mistaken, Keith Whitley wrote that song. I can't, I'd have to, you know, double check to verify that, but he delivered it in such an exceptional way. And so did Alison Krauss and others mm -hmm. that there's a respect part of me going, I want to leave that alone. Right. And the other thing that I wanted to mention was on new year's Eve, my wife and I just stayed home and chilled, which was really amazing. And, uh, we were watching the, the Nashville uh, stuff and they were going around from club to club and they were playing stuff and and Brooks and Dunn came on and and Kristen my wife goes how old are these guys and I go I don't know let's look it up and and I think Ronnie Dunn is like 75 yeah and she goes yeah. wow she she goes he looks good and he sounds great do you think he's lip syncing I'm like no the guy actually sounds that good there's no way he's lip syncing because of the ad libbing and stuff and I just paused and I turned to her with a big smile and I said how cool is that that he is doing what he loves and you can see it. You can see the passion in him and he's doing what he loves at 75. Uh, I don't care about a date. I don't care about a, a, an age. I don't care about a timestamp. What I care about is 
what are you willing to give as an artist? Right. You should be an artist as long as you're willing to give everything. And I think it's that, here's another layer deeper of that. There are some extremely technically talented people. And you, my friend, have some serious guitar chops. Oh, I appreciate um, it. I was checking those out. My goodness. Um, there are people that can sing and play very technically precise. And you and I could watch them. It doesn't matter what the genre is. And you go, hey, they're good. Wow. Pitch perfect. Timing, rhythm, tempo, vocal pitch, delivery, breath control. And you go, it's good. There are people that don't have delivery, don't have breath control. Their pitch isn't great. They forgot to tune their guitar, but they're singing their guts out. And you can just feel the authenticity. You go, I'm going to listen to this over and over and over again. And I grew up in a music system and in an era where everything had to be polished, produced, pitch perfect. Per, per, per. Sometimes I had to do a syllable 47 times right. to get, get the breath control just right. And I'm like, now I finally, on my ninth album said, it can be a little bit imperfect. Now, don't get me wrong. I put a ton of time and energy, you know, into this, this most recent album, but there's some ways I can uh, deliver it. And it's a little bit more raw or emotional, true to the lyrics. And there are guys that are out there singing that have made an incredible living off of not being pitch perfect. I don't even want to name names. I'm not criticizing them. I'm saying it's cool. I love it. I appreciate it. I respect it because it's authentic. I wish that the industry, we can all, me, you, and anyone listening, get back to authenticity and being an artist again. And again, for people who want to cover tunes, do it. Like cover the tunes. You've got a gift. You've got a talent. Just keep getting out and entertain people. For people right. who really want to get into artistry though, if there is one thing I could say to them, it's just be you and just be authentic. Well, and don't be afraid to show your mistakes. I always try to make a point to show that one for me, so I can look back, you know, a year or two from now and see improvement, but it's the, it's the small inconsistencies that catch people's ears, whether you're singing, whether you're playing, it's, it's people don't want to go, especially a live performance. They don't want to go see the album. They want yeah, to see you right. performing and having a that's good right. time on stage, you know, yeah. um, the the social media culture especially around like technical prowess of guitar playing there are 12 and 13 year old kids that can out shred 99.9 percent .9 of us so the technical stuff is important but it's also really important like you just said to be honest and authentic with yourself as an artist yeah. you know yeah. if that's one of those things that you're not really into don't wrap your head around it too much you know it's not that yeah. big of a deal if you're not going to be shredding that's fine some yeah. of the best solos that i've ever written for myself and other artists are literally just taking a little bit of liberty with the melody yeah that, that's all it is and and yeah. when you when you have that it, you you have a catchy hook or a catchy melody and then you interpret that into a guitar solo or a small little bridge well now the audience still has something they can sing back to you you know what i mean that's right it, and that's, that's right that's really what's important now the whole you know shreddy stuff yeah live that's cool you can you can be a cool guitar player mm -hmm. for about 15 20 seconds and and show off your licks but you know at the end of the day especially if you're playing for another artist man like you want to play to the song if the song calls for it right. awesome if it doesn't hey yeah. get something simple and make sure it fits the song 
you know that's the way i've always tried to look at it and that's the way i've tried to look at it for social media too fitting you to the platform if it makes sense for what you're doing focus on it don't worry about what everybody else is doing just be authentic to yourself yeah and i and to your point i think that goes with with artists and players and so and i and i don't want to name names one one of the um one of my nashville albums um i i I didn't produce i didn't even co-produce so it was i was just enjoying the ride you know uh until i had to do and, and watching these session players crush everything well of course in nashville you you know you come in with charts i, right. I was going to sh- hold one up it's just slightly out of reach but everybody listening uh, to this will know what a nashville chart is most likely and so <clears throat> they the producers come in and they and they give all the guys the charts and they set up and these guys play on everybody's records you know that not everybody's but a lot of the great ones that you hear and they put these charts in front <clears throat> and the guitar player who is in an an incredible session and live guitar player. In fact, I respect him because he does Nashville session stuff. And for probably eight to 10 years, he was uh, live on the road with Dave Matthews. Nice. And so yeah. to be able to to have that type of versatility as a guitar player, I, I have nothing but respect for. But they put the charts in front. And there's a song called With You that I have on my Good To Be Me album. Now everyone's going to go and look at the names of the players. But on this With You album, at the end of the song, uh, well, during the solo anyways, he was going to follow the charts. And he just, he did it like three times. And then he just said to the producers and the engineer, he said, hey man, can I can I have one crack, like just one crack at, and this was like 10 hours into the day of recording with all the players. Everybody's right. getting tired, you know, the, the Mountain Dew high is wearing off and whatever. And he said, just give me one crack at, I got something going on in my mind. And he just turns to the band. He goes, just follow me. If we don't like it, just stop me 20 seconds in. I won't waste any more time. And I'm just sitting here going, oh, this is going to be interesting. It's either going to fail miserably or be amazing. Absolutely. What was amazing? Because what happened was he played the solo. I literally watched the keyboard player, his his shoulders and his back get more straight. He smiles. He turns to the bass player. The bass player, they're all in different, you know, ISO rooms. The bass player turns to the drummer through the window and the drummer's beaming from ear to ear. And the coolest thing happened because he was willing to play from himself and his authenticity and his artistry. At the end of the song, when it was supposed to end, it all starts to kind of die down. And all of a sudden he starts turning the volume up. Doesn't look at anybody, doesn't say a word, and he vamps and he goes into like a minute and a half of stuff. The whole band follows him. It was one take. It's incredible. I mean, to the point where was to this day when I listen to the artistry and knowing what I saw and experienced, I practically need a cigarette when I'm done listening to what happened. And the awesome thing is, is yes, there's a time and a place for charts and a path and organization and structure. And I get all of that. But when he was able to be him and an artist, what he brought to the table was incredible. The odd thing is, is he was timid and afraid to ask for that, yeah, to speak up because of the culture. And I want to be in a culture and I want to create a subculture wherever I go, as tiny as it will be to say, if you're in my circle and I'm in yours and we're in our circle, let's encourage each other to be authentic and artists. Yeah. Well, it's where it's, the magic happens. It is where the magic happens, man. But you know, the, especially in, I'm not too big. I'm not too deep into that world, but I do know from friends and other players in the area, 
you know, that's one of those jobs where it's like, you show up, here's the chart, do your job. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It, yeah. And it's yeah. not meant to be, sound like that cold or that whatever. It's, it's just, you have a job to mm -hmm. do. You have the artist here. This is right. their song, play what they want. That's right. You know what I mean? And the producer yeah. is really the one that's running the show. Like you said, the producer is the one that's like, oh, hey, yeah. you hired me or I took you in or whatever, whatever the situation was, you're going to, I'm kind of going to dictate yeah. what we do here. You know what I mean? That's right. Um, yeah. And, and, and talk about squashing someone's artistry. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, I came out of my mom's womb, a black sheep, and I've only gotten worse, you know, since I took my first couple gulps of air. And I'm just kind of inherently wired to just go, I, I, I would prefer to do it this way. Um, and so when you think about the people that go, you know, that's the other thing, like particularly, um, and I don't want to sound like I'm anti-Nashville. I am not. I have some incredible friends there and there are some incredible people and talent and everything. Um, the, you know, my dilemma, here's a better way to put it. The institutionalization of music is my personal challenge. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Um, and, or my personal, uh, my, I'm cha personally challenged with it. And, <clears throat> you know, when people go, I, I was actually on another live. There's another guy in Minnesota. I tripped across and the guy can wail. I mean, the guy can wail and he had like seven people on there. And I'm like, why are there not 300 people watching this guy right now? Right. And immediately and he's, and he's singing country and, uh, immediately people go into, you need to go to Nashville. You need to go to Nashville. You need to go to Nashville. And I'm thinking that's one path, yeah, but I want, sure. I would want the whole world to know it is not the only path. No. It is not the only path. And, and I, and also what a beautiful day and age that you and I live and do music in, because we can do this, what we're doing right now. We can go on TikTok live. We can go on YouTube live. You can do Facebook live. If you're on it, there are so many different things you can do. I personally um, have missed again recently live audiences. So I'm, I'm back doing that again uh, because it's that interpersonal connection that right. I absolutely love. It's when I, it's when I play that I have a song called true American hero and man, it, it will, I've done it for three or four times uh, recently in the last, you know, 60 days for large events that honor veterans with PTSD. We call it unseen scars. Um, and in those moments, I will play and look out and there are practically no dry eyes in an auditorium of 500 people. And I don't get, I don't get that response on TikTok. I don't know if my song is landing or missing or right. anything in between, but that live um, interaction is absolutely incredible. But I also love the fact that I can get a song out and, and I can um, share my artistry sitting right here in my house when it snows 12 inches like it did you know over the last 48 hours if i want to share my music with an audience i can just go on tiktok on the app you know hit the start button grab my guitar and go i right. love that we, we get the best of both worlds for sure well and it's also cool too man because i mean you don't even have to leave your house if you want to make an album anymore you know what i mean correct you know yeah that's that's one of the best things and that's that's one of the only things i I don't ever deter anybody like you were saying about, oh, you should be in Nashville. You should go do this. And I'm just like, well, you don't have to now. You you can yeah. just network online with people. And if you're as talented mm -hmm. as you are, then someone's going to recognize you. It's not like, that's right. you know, but the problem is if you go down to Nashville, 
it's like going to LA to be an actor or New York to be on Broadway. That's right. You know, it, everybody's yeah. trying to do the same thing. And there are people, unfortunately, mm -hmm. that are living on the streets right now down in Nashville that can play and sing better than most people you've ever met, most likely, you know, because that was what That's they right. wanted to do. Yeah. And it, it's a it's a hard business to get into. And I don't think anybody realizes especially just like even just like social media how much work it is to market yourself you know what i mean it, yeah. and it, yeah. it's i do you see these people from the outside perspective and i i always refer to them as the must be nice commenters you know what i mean it's always oh it must be nice to blah blah blah, blah. it's like well yeah it is because i put in years of work to get blood to, sweat to tears this. money yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's not like I just opened up TikTok one day and I had a bunch of followers just hit me up, you know, or right. or YouTube guys yeah. or whatever, you know. So it it's one of those things that I think, and that's the other thing I like to draw back the curtain a little bit. I like to tell, like to explain to people that yes, it is nice when you get to a certain level of quote unquote personal success, whatever you want to frame that as, but the work that gets, that is involved to get to that personal success is almost overwhelming sometimes as an individual. I, I, I think, I think it is. And I think it's, I think it's a majority of the time. Yeah. I really do. Um, you know, in fact, I remember when I was playing out live a lot, I had a buddy who said, man, I want to go with you on the road for a few days. And so it was like a five day trip. And um, after day two, because I, I was promoting an album, so I was in a radio station in like Little Rock, Arkansas, at like 530 in the morning, getting ready yep. for like the drive time show and stuff. So I'm doing that. Well, the night before, of course, I played until 1130, signed CDs and T-shirts and hats until one. I was big enough to be able to do that and to promote an album and tour, but I was small enough where I had to carry the monitors and the speakers and help the drummer put the stuff in the trailer and then drive four and a half hours, sleep two and a half, wake up, do that, take a quick nap, eat some breakfast at the Holiday Inn Express. Um, and then, you know, have a quick meeting, you know, go over the, the agenda for the day or whatever, go in and load in from 3.30 to 5 and then go eat something quick because they needed to do something or another band had to check in sound check and line check it from 6 15 to to 7 go back you're on at 8 30 you play till 10 15 you sign the cd you do it over after three days he goes dude if i buy a plane ticket can somebody get me to the airport i don't know how you do this right i don't know how you do this and he told me he said i always looked at you up on the stage for like 90 minutes or for two hours and thought this is the coolest job in the world he said what percentage of your job is doing what i think you do all the time i said a probably 10 percent right and that's that's not even considering the years of teaching myself to play guitar and, and writing and exactly you know refining and learning equipment and all this other stuff um i i think that one thing that has happened in the last several years is we have cheapened um, artistry a little bit, meaning, um, you know, not acknowledge, not, not understanding. So I, I believe a couple, quite a few philosophies, but one of them is appreciation comes through understanding. Yes. And people look to the really big artists who have three buses, three trailers, you know, with se semis and they come in and they've got 30 guys that come in and load up stuff and, and do whatever. And they don't even see the merch. They don't know what's going on. And they have green rooms set up and meet and greets and tents and all that. 
and their job is to go up on the stage. I think that sometimes they'll look at you and me and think that the, a large part of that is what we're doing. Yeah. They're not seeing us tearing down all this stuff at home, putting in our trucks and our trailers, you know, meeting the guys, driving three hours round trip, and then loading in and setting up. And I think that uh, it's a hard job. And people that are looking to do this, because the other thing that I'll say real quick is when people are going to Nashville, I'll ask them, because I'm not going to give them advice. It's their personal lives. I will share my personal experience, and that should be tiny sliver, and that's it. But I'll say, what are you going there for? And you know, eight or nine times out of 10, what they'll say is, I want to go to pursue my dreams. And I'll say, that's fine. Pursue them wherever you want to, or go wherever you want to, but stop pursuing your dreams and just start living it. Just start living it. Love the fact that you have an audience of 15 on TikTok tonight. Love it. Play your guts out for those 15 people. But we're so worried about pursuing the dream and arriving. I'm not even sure what that means, that we don't enjoy the process along the way. That's what burnt me out. That's why I'm saying I've never had more fun because the outcome, I don't care anymore, right? I've been fortunate and I've been blessed in the outcome and some other things. And so what I can do is a little bit different than other artists having, you know, cut my teeth and stuff and, and other writing and stuff. But I actually now have the ability, not the ability. I always had the ability. I made my mind up to say, I'm going to enjoy the ride and I'm going to live my dream, not pursue it. Exactly. No, I think it's funny though, because, um, I had a few friends that asked why I moved down here. And I was like, I didn't really move down here because I wanted to go to Nashville. I'm just north of Nashville. I was in the military and I got out of Fort Campbell. So I was right there in Clarksville. So my wife and I bought a house and I was like, might as well stay here. You know what I mean? There's no reason not to, you know, um, but my thing is I primarily play mostly I, I, I do play in Nashville from time to time, but mostly it's been in the local like Clarksville area, which I, I have a feeling is kind of like, you know, the Minneapolis. It's like, it's not huge, but it's a cool scene. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. I would rather, you see when, when you go to these local shows with these bands and maybe they're, you know, younger kids or maybe, you know, early to late thirties, you know, those are the people that I really like, because if I don't know what it is, maybe this is just me being too general, but when I see the, the people that are in their like early twenties to mid twenties, those are the people that are like, Oh, I'm going to make it. I'm going to, this is about, this is what I'm going to do. I'm the next big thing. You know what I mean? And I'm just yeah. like, right. I hope you are. I, I truly do hope you are, but not with that attitude. You're not man. You know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think that also comes a little bit with the music world. People see artists that have arrived who, and, and you and I have seen them. We've been around, you know, long enough in the music scene where someone actually starts out really humble, really true, right, uh, authentic, and um, and then the success. It either is going to make someone. It's going to either enhance their great qualities, or it's going to highlight. Uh, some not so great, you know, right. qualities or attributes about that person. And I think sometimes we see the attitude or the edge of people who have arrived and we think that must be part of the package. I have to be this way. No, yeah. you don't. No, you don't. It, you it's, know? it's one of those misconceptions, I think too. Cause like you see, like, for instance, if you look at social media again, you, you see a snapshot of what they're wanting to show you. They're not showing you everything else. It's kind of like what your friend was talking about, you know, like, Oh, dude, I want to do what you do because all he saw was the live show, you on stage. Yeah, that's right. 
they didn't see the other 23 hours of the day. You know what I mean? That were completely full. That's right. And I think that goes back to, you know, what I was talking to earlier about the artistry. Yeah. Because um, you and I both know, in fact, here's another quick, funny story. I was playing at a state fair and um, I actually was opening up for Sawyer Brown. Nice. And uh, yeah. And in a big stage, uh, lots of people there. And what happened was I got the stomach flu like an Mm. hour before we went on. And so, and when you open, as you know, you only get like 40 minutes. And by the way, I learned then not 38, not 42, 40 40 minutes, like figure it out. There's a timer for a reason, you know, and if you can't figure it out, we'll find someone who can. What was my very first time uh, on this, with this group on this, on this stage. And I got the stomach flu and I'm just yakking. I'm yakking left and right. And I'm like, man, I don't think I can go on. I'm literally laying on the cement ground going, what? What in the world are we going to do? I don't know what happened or how. I think part of it is just like adrenaline and commitment saying the show must go on, right? Because that's that's how we're wired. And so basically, I walked up the back steps. I threw up in a garbage can next to it, went on and played for 40 minutes, put on a show, walked off to the backstage, hit that same garbage can and, and threw up all over again in there. And I, and the guy, I was laughing. I'm like, right. how did I make it? Because after that show, I was, I puked like five more times in like an hour and a half or two hours. And when people say, well, the show must go on, I go, but do you really know what that means? Yeah. You know, do you really know what that means? Um, and are you willing, are you dedicated? Are you committed to the craft and to the, and to the opportunity, you know, that you have, and so here's my greater point. There were a lot of people who came to support me and see me in that grandstand at that state fair that day. None of them knew that I was sick. A exactly. lot of them said, best performance. I have seen you live 20 times. I've never seen you so great. And I'm like, stand back because I don't want you to get this. They're like, get what? You know, and, I'm, and I would tell them, they're like, what? Um, I remember, you know, I'm not a huge football fan, but I remember like Walter Payton broke some touchdown or, or yards record or something mm-hmm. and everyone's like oh that's cool but they found out that he did it with the severe stomach flu and everyone's right. like holy cow that's like if someone if an artist says hey can you help me or can you whatever i'm it, whatever help i can give which isn't a ton but whatever i can is just because of experience um which anyone can pick up if you're willing to enter the arena right yep. i'm the man in the arena and have been in it for 26 years. And so I'm looking for that though. I'm just going, I will help you, but if you want me to do it for you, that's not going to work. Yep. If you want me to come alongside you and support you, I'm all in, but are you willing to do these things? And when I lay it out like that, sometimes they go, no, I'm not, yep. I'm not willing to do those things. And I go, when you are call me, I'm your guy. I will be your biggest advocate and supporter. I will do whatever. I will try to help you move mountains, but until you're there, or here's another one real quick. I had a guy tell me, he goes, I'm 99% sure that I want to go down this path. And I said, then don't. Yeah. Because it's already hard enough at a hundred percent. Yep. It is really, really hard when you're giving it a hundred percent. That 99%, here's what'll happen. And I've seen it. Um, That 1%, when something goes not quite right, you, the self-doubt creeps in. 
I shouldn't have written this song. I shouldn't have recorded there. I shouldn't have gone into tour with this band. I know a few guys that joined a band in, in because they couldn't break it on a solo. And then the band breaks up four years later and they said, I should have gone solo. And my, my thing, this happened a couple of weeks ago. I said, Hey man, why don't you go solo now? Exactly. Yeah, but that's not the point. You know, the last, I wasted the last four years. I go, you just wasted the last four minutes, dude. Right. Mindset, strategy, skills, tools. You got to start with the mindset. You got to get in a good headspace. Where do we go from here? They're like, yeah, I suppose. There is no, I suppose. Where do we go from here? And if you don't do that, honestly, I've done a few things in life, not a lot, but the most difficult thing that I have ever, ever done in my life has been to pursue music. Yeah. It, it's For been sure. the most obstacles, the most roadblocks, the most um, frustration, the most criticism. You put yourself out there, everybody's a critic, you know? Yeah. And in fact, it blows me away because, you know, you'll do something like a song and you'll get like 10 people who go, that song blows me away. And other two people are like, hey, don't play that song again. I don't like it. In fact, I stopped showing people songs before I recorded them. Mm -hmm. Because what would happen inherently is... I'd, I'd get feedback from a couple of people and I would change the song. Like I knew in my core what I wanted the song to be as a writer, but I'd have like my buddy who's a truck driver go, hey, you know what, maybe, maybe you should do this. And so I would do it and then it wasn't as good. Right. And it didn't hit and I'd record it that way. And then at live shows, I would go, hey, it's this way on the CD, you know, two years later, but I wrote it this way. What do you think? And they're like, oh my God, that's amazing. Right. I'm like all I did was put the bridge back, you mm -hmm. know, stuff like that. You just got to trust your gut. You got to be willing to go for it. Well, one of the people um, that I, I really, I, I've, I talked to her on the podcast and her and I have really, you know, had a, we have a really good professional relationship now. Um, we're always text or DMing back and forth. And one of the things that she really st said that stuck with me, it's like, why are we focusing on the negative when you have a sea of amazing comments or feedback, whether that's online or whether that's in person, most of the time in person, as you well know, no one's coming up to you saying you suck. Yeah. You know, everybody is yeah. usually pretty, if if, yeah. if they didn't like it, they're not going to come talk to you. But online, you're like you just said, yeah. you have 10 comments of people like, wow, this is awesome. This song is changing the way I'm thinking about things. This song changed my life possibly just from listening to it. And then you have those one or two people that are just kind of being jerks. And that's for some reason, yeah. us as human beings, why we focus in on those two negative things. And then, like you said, the self-doubt yeah. starts coming back and you're like, great. Well, what am I going to do now? Yeah. The thing that has really forced me to not worry about those things. And it's not like I'm even forcing it. It's just that I love playing guitar so much. Nothing is going to stop me from playing guitar, writing music. And, and even if I, even if I wasn't doing podcasting or anything, I would still be doing it. That's what I try to tell people that want to get into the industry. It's like, if you were homeless living on the street and you still had your instrument or you would still sing, would you still do it? Because if the answer is yes, then yeah. yes, you probably need to be doing that. But if the answer is, well, no, I'd yeah. probably pack that stuff away and go get a real job. Then it's like, well, like you said, you're, you're that 99% right now. You know, you need to be at that hundred cause yeah. it's, it's difficult, man. Yeah. So, so you have a military background, right? Yes. Um, and, and, and by the way, thank you for your service. I appreciate, I appreciate it. Thank that you. very much. Um, this is your MOS. Exactly. Right. Th th this is, I, I'm not, it's not, 
I'm going to wake up and think about what I'm going to do today. Because if I can ask, what branch of the military did you serve in? I was in the army and I was an infantry guy. Okay. Yeah. So um, did you wake up and go, I wonder if I should be an infantry guy. I don't know if you're 11 Bravo or what, but yeah, I wonder if I should Bravo. be an infantry guy. Okay. Or um, if I should go get Starbucks today and maybe pick up underwater basket weaving. Exactly. Right. It, yeah. it, it wasn't even a choice. And we have to get there with the pursuit of music and go, this is my MOS. Cause here's the deal. I removed myself from the music scene for about seven years. It never came out of my DNA. Mm -hmm. Never, ever, ever. Um, it, it squelched, it shrunk. I rebuilt it more than ever. Um, and said, this is it. But I want to go back to what you just shared because I have a real living example that will hit this home for anybody listening to this because I did the same thing that you talked about, like the one comment. Um, a few years ago, or well, several years ago now, I released an album and did a CD release party. And we actually, we this was a good problem, but it, it held like 400 people, the auditorium. Okay. And they over sold they sold mm -hmm. like 750 or 775 tickets and they're like so how do you who, who do you want to reject and what do you want to do and i'm like because i had i was going to the next town the next night right and i'm like nobody we're going to do two shows they're like how I, I, i'm going to give two two-hour shows like literally back to back give me four minutes to drink some water and pee between the two shows but this is what we're going to do and we did and we sold out two shows okay it's nice. a really big deal for an independent artist like me. And so <clears throat> the fact that it got sold out for two full shows, the fact that I got standing ovations at both shows that promise this isn't about bragging about me. There's a bigger part to this um, because there's a, there's a, there's a humbling part, trust me. Um, and then the fact that people were standing in the lobby outside and it was rain, it wasn't pouring, but it was like sprinkling outside and mm -hmm. the line for people to buy CDs and t-shirts and hats and hoodies and stuff and stickers was out the door and people were standing in the rain. In fact, they had, it was a high school auditorium and they had like, uh, I don't know if you guys have there, but we have city pages or did at least then like oh, the okay, newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. there was a rack in the lobby and people were standing outside with city pages over their head to keep the rain. You would think that all that would be good, but here's what happened. I signed all those CDs, all those hats, all those other people, two couple, you know, few minutes standing ovations. And you'd think that that would be enough to suffice to say, you don't completely suck, Jim Anthony. But when everything was done and we were loading out, my wife was with me. And we were walking down the back hall. There were a couple of uh, janitors that, that had to take care of the building and lock the doors. They were walking 10 feet in front of us in this little narrow hallway out to the back loading dock where my truck was parked. And one of them, didn't know I was there, did mean meant no harm by this, said, man, I got to tell you, I don't know what everybody thinks the big deal with that Jim Anthony guy is. I don't really think he's that good. Yep. I got in my truck. I drove home. Didn't say a word. Got home. Didn't say a word. We're like three hours in and my awesome, supportive, beautiful bride said, why are you so quiet? And I said, did you hear what that guy said? She goes, I did. Did you know you just played for two sold out shows? Did you know that you got two standing ovations unsolicited? Did you know that you sold more merch than you ever have by tenfold in that particular? Did you know people were standing in the rain to have you grab a Sharpie and sign a piece of thing? Because because they wanted to memorialize this event because you made them feel good for two hours. I go, I can't believe he said that. And she just went, you got to get unstuck. 
It's right. crazy, dude. It's that's not even the 90, that's not even the 1%. That's like the one one thousandth of a percent that hit me. And I gotta tell you, it it kind of I carried it with me yeah. for days. You know, I wasn't sulking or quiet for days, but in the back of my mind, I was like, I wonder what I could do to please that one dude. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's not it. Because here's the other thing. Uh, This will define whether you and I could be friends or not. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Is pineapple good on pizza? No. It's we're on the same page. We're, We're all good. That is, there are some people that go pineapple and pizza. I'm like, we can't be friends. There's, a, there's, I don't draw a line for many things, but pineapple and pizza is one of them. And of course I'm joking about that, but it, but it's kind of the same. It's just like, maybe that guy just likes pineapple and pizza. And exactly. I don't. Yep. But we both like pizza. We both like to eat. We both have, you know, whatever. And it's just gotta be okay. And that's the other thing is I have learned somehow to get okay with uh with people going with people believing or feeling that I'm just not their cup of tea. Yeah. Um and you know you just have to get to a point where you go, uh that's okay. Yeah. That is completely okay. Um and I didn't honestly get there until I was probably in in my early 40s. I was probably 41 or 42, you know, when I got there. I wish I could have got there sooner because also I think inherently a lot of artists have a bit of a tendency to be people pleasers. Uh, sure. And I certainly had and have that. But I also, it's no longer my mission to make everybody like me or exactly. everybody like my music or everybody enjoy it. What I'm looking for is the people who can appreciate the type of music that I do with the type of stories that I tell in those songs. Yeah, man. I mean, at the end of the day, it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, you know, you're staying authentic to yourself. And I've always tried to say, be consistent and honest with yourself. So, I mean, it's essentially the same thing, but you know, that that's the biggest thing. You're not going to please everybody. Um, And if you try to, you're going to go insane. Yeah. Cause you're, you're not going to be able to do write songs play music that you enjoy playing that's right and if you enjoy doing it that is going to come off as you as a performer especially live even if it's like you said even if you're just playing on tiktok that's right it's it's that that energy is going to go from you to that audience regardless of the medium on how they're consuming it you know and that's my biggest thing it's it's the people that really try hard to please everybody. I think that, and I think that's what we see on social media a lot too, because it's all validation of numbers. It's really all it is. You know, people get so wrapped up in the likes and the comments and wanting this many subscribers or whatever you want to say. It's like, yeah, that's great. But long-term you're not building an audience. You're just giving random people that are kind of jerks on the internet, uh, some validation, you know what I mean? For not being true to yourself. That's That's right. That's my biggest thing, man. But um, before we go ahead and wrap this up, I'm doing this new thing. Um, I'm not sure what to call it quite yet. I'm still trying to get some reps under this one, but I guess I'm just going to say words of wisdom. So from your perspective, somebody that maybe, maybe let's think about it from this way. They're at that 100%. This is what they want to do. They know it in their soul and this is what they're going to do. What is some advice you wish someone would have told you when you were maybe just starting off and getting into this world? Yeah, um, I think that one's fairly easy for me to answer. 
don't worry about defining who you should be. Okay. Worry about refining who you actually are. Right. There you and go. Then yeah. let that shine through in your artistry because it is just a vehicle for you to share exactly and precisely who you were, who you are, who you're supposed to be, and who you will be in the future. That'll be the most fulfilling thing and probably the straightest path to your whatever your definition of success is. There you go. Well, dude, I got my title right now for the podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, before or two, um, where can everybody find you at? Let's get all your plugs out of the way. That way everybody can check out what you're doing, man. Yeah, absolutely. So um, probably a good place to go to where you can funnel to everything uh, is my, my official website, jimanthonymusic.com. Uh, and that will link to LinkedIn and to Instagram, uh, which the handles are, are Jim Anthony Music. Uh, same with YouTube. Nice. Um, and uh, on there. And the music is available on Spotify, you know, everywhere music can be streamed. Uh, and downloaded. I would ask everybody also to go to the YouTube channel and check out, I've done one official music video in my whole career, and it's probably the last one. It's the official music video for uh, for True American Hero. Um, that's a song that I'm particularly proud of, um, that we're trying to promote. Uh, not trying to promote Jim Anthony, by the way, with that. We're trying to promote a project, which is to increase awareness to the unseen scars and the battles of PTSD with veterans. Um, and we're also trying to offer some encouragement and support to those who maybe struggle with some of those, uh, with some of those, you know, traumas that they've taken with them. And that video can also be seen, um, I guess on the website at jimanthonymusic.com or on the YouTube channel at Jim Anthony music. Um, and last, you know, I do a TikTok uh, live, uh, once a week on Wednesday nights at seven 30 central. If any, anybody would want to go check out some music there. And I'm going to start doing uh, a live on Sunday nights at 7.30 Central on YouTube. Nice. So if someone wants to subscribe there, uh, we're just trying to hit a couple different audiences. And then on TikTok, I just do impromptu lives when I get time. And, uh, you know, when the guitar is tuned up and it's in my hand, sometimes I'll just go on. And I always say I'm going to go on for about an hour. And sometimes it's three hours till I literally oh, lose yeah. my voice, you know, sort of a deal. But uh, that's where people can check me out now. Cool. Well, I'll have all those links down below. Hey, Jim. I had a great time talking to you, man. You're a super awesome dude. I'm happy we got to connect and actually talk and not just be back and forth on TikTok, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, dude, no problem at all. Pleasure was all mine. But for all of you guys listening, thanks for hanging out. And we will check you guys next week on Man the Helm podcast. Mm -hmm.